Welcome to Expert Opinion, the branding business forum where leaders share their views, insights, and experiences from the world of B2B branding. And now, here's your host. Hello, everybody. This is Andrea Fabri, Managing Director for Branding Business here in New York City. And uh, today I have the pleasure of uh, having a great conversation with Andy Jacobs um, about the impact of technology to brand building and the tension that exists between the CMO and the CIO. Just a small introduction, Andy has been immersed in marketing technologies for more than 18 years and a number of agencies and consultancies, including uh, URCG at the time, now Havas Digital, MRN Worldwide, McCann, Razorfish, and more recently PwC. Um, Andy and I have known each other for almost 15, 16 years, and uh, we had the pleasure of working together. I was on the client side. And um, we always share a great deal of passion for marketing, for technology, but we also share another important passion here. We're both musicians. Anyway, so, uh, Andy, welcome. Thank you, Andre. It's really great to be here today. Uh, thanks so much. So, I wanted to start with uh, the first question, and that is, uh, from your perspective, uh, you know, you, you've been around uh, uh, companies for some time. You had to solve a lot of companies' problems using technologies, particularly problems focused on growth, on customer relationship building. How is technology affecting brand building today, and what has changed from the past? Wow, that's a great question. I think, uh, first, it's worthwhile just to take a step back and see how much technology has played a part in brand building over the past, uh, let's say, 20 years. Uh, I mean, it was 20 years, roughly 20 years ago, that uh, Yahoo came into existence, Amazon, Google, PayPal, and they had an uh, incredible impact over, over the, uh, the past 20 years on all the brands. But when you think about it, um, we were just building websites 20 years ago, and today we have these very sophisticated, complex marketing operating systems that marketers are using to deliver really high highly crafted storytelling, and, and uh, it's actually become, I would say technology has become part of marketing, not only part of marketing, it's actually become the marketing and the way that, that companies have to build their brands. Right. Um, and so, you know, who do you see driving investments in marketing technology today? And, um, you know, who, who, has, uh, who has the upper end, the CMO, the CIO, who, who drives the investments? Uh, it's really interesting to see the, the transference of power uh, in terms of where the money is coming from in the organizations. And more and more of the marketing spend on technology is coming out of the uh, office of the CMO or the CMO themselves. Uh, they're probably spending more money on marketing technology uh, than the CIO. Um, and I think that's uh, maybe creating a, a bit of a conflict, but I think that's just a result of the dynamics of the needs of the marketing organizations today. Um, you, you, things are happening so quickly. They're so complicated. They're reliant on uh, all of the newest uh, social uh, networks that are out there, uh, all of the new uh, ways to leverage data. And, uh, and I don't think, uh, the, the, the CIOs are, um, are comfortable in that world yet. 
why they're not comfortable. Well, you know, I think that the focus, for good reason, actually, I think the focus of CIOs and organizations are are, are more on uh, uh, things like uh, the, the the security, um, which is you know a brand could be destroyed overnight if there's a, a, a cyber penetration um, that let's say uh, can, can takes takes all your data. Um, look what happened to Yahoo, right? All brands suffer terribly when there's a cyber event that steals their data. So I think CIOs are very, very focused on things like that, as well as the cloud is becoming commonplace and CIOs now are migrating more and more of their infrastructure to the cloud. The methodologies, the policies and procedures that are in place from the IT organizations, I I don't think allow them to operate in a way that is fast and fleet of foot that is required by marketers. Marketers need to be able to move quickly, need to be uh, dynamic, agile, uh, take advantage of the new platforms that are out there that maybe didn't exist last week. So these things maybe haven't been tested well. You know, marketers need to be able to operate in these environments that are maybe not battle-tested, but that's where their customers are. That's where their audience is, so that's where they need to be. And there lies the challenge, right? There it is, right there. So if you look at the technology environment today, what are some of the choices that you see the companies that have been successful, that they've made, that worked out to be really well for what they wanted to achieve? You know, is there an optimum combination of te- marketing technologies that you see that is being adopted? Yeah, I think I think it's reached a level of maturity now that probably wasn't there three years ago, right? I think these um, marketing operating systems, marketing clouds, marketing suites, whatever we decide to call them this week, I think they're they're pretty robust and strong these days, and 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 by uh, and, and and owned by uh, brands themselves that are strong brands. I'm thinking of companies like Adobe or Salesforce or SAP or Oracle or IBM or Microsoft. And they have collections of functionality that together um, deliver great marketing experiences. And I think that's the one thing that's probably paramount in terms of a brand and how it represents itself is the experience that somebody uh, that their customers receive is actually the brand itself in many ways. Uh, you look at Apple and the way that Apple experience is delivered or a Microsoft experience when you're on a Microsoft site. It's very different than, let's say, a corporate site like when you're on an American Express site or something like that. Um, all of those are being delivered through uh, great technologies that are uh, designed to work together. I, I think the challenge is necessarily is that these functionalities don't necessarily work together or these companies in their cloud, all of the different functionalities within it aren't considered to be best of breed. So maybe one or two of them. So maybe one company has um, uh, a customer ex- uh, uh, experience management or a CMS or a DAM that is considered to be best of breed by whatever measurement, Gartner or Forrester or whoever. They may not have a, a good uh, campaign management tool. All right, And then another company has the best-in-class campaign management tool but uh, doesn't have any of the other factors. Factors. Then a company, another company has the best in class commerce product. So the challenge is, well, how do you make them all work together? Therefore, it becomes probably pretty frustrating for the marketer who says, well, I want a best of breed solution to deliver a best of breed experience. 
but it's becoming a technology exercise to make all of this stuff work together. Frustration in inside of the world of marketing. Right. No, I uh, I agree, and I have witnessed that frustration uh, whenever we interface with clients. So, um, all our audience, the audience of this podcast, are all um, you know executives that work for B two B companies. If you were to give them some sort of a quick and simple roadmap about some of the criteria to make decisions about buying um, or selecting the right marketing technologies. What criteria would you suggest uh, that they should be thinking about and use? First and foremost, you have to be absolutely clear as to what your primary needs are. All right. And remember at all times, don't, don't be sold a piece of software. You're a customer. So you want the, the, the software that you're purchasing to solve your needs, not to have you have to wrap a solution around a piece of software because it happens to be best of breed. All right. Um, so be clear about what your needs are. And next, make sure that it's not going to become an island unto itself, not a walled garden. In other words, that you can actually uh, integrate it with other aspects of your, um, your, your needs. So if you're going to be buying a content management system, make sure that it can be integrated with your campaign management system. That integration exercise, funny enough, is really a data exercise, right? So what is the ease of my ability to take data that I have one place and use it inside another piece of software? Or am I going to create more islands of data? Right, which then leads me to ask, so obviously, typically, decisions around marketing platform versus, you know, different types and choices are driven by, you know, the CMO and the CIO. So how can these two uh, executives work better together? Is there a way for these two? Uh, sometimes they can have conflicting agendas, as you um, as you and I are well aware of, mm-hmm. right? So, can you talk a little bit about that? How can they they work better together, and therefore potentially address or eliminate some of the contrast, some of the uh, attrition that they may have with one another? That's a, a great question. Well, to acknowledge the fact that you do need to work together, I think uh, technology, marketing, and data is uh, just intertwined now forever to deliver great brand storytelling, right? Great experiences. And I think organizations can get together and create sandboxes where they can explore utilizing new technologies to stay current. I mean, things are changing so quickly. You aren't in the habit of innovation. You don't have a culture of innovation. You're not working together to explore how to leverage the new technologies. Uh, I, I'll bet you that your competition is. Right. So I, I like this notion of the sandbox and culture innovation. So innovation is, is that the shared, therefore, need and value that create that sandbox around that? Absolutely. And I think it could be a lot of fun for organizations as well. So technologists love to be around the next newest, greatest, coolest thing, right? Marketing people love to be around the next best way to communicate outward to their to their consumers. Use these sandboxes. You can from there evolve maybe into pilots or tests or limited kind of releases of technology. You're going to learn so much more, even when you fail, right? Just really quickly, fail fast, fail forward, give it a test, Things like with artificial intelligence, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, voice UX, conversational UX. I mean, these are all things now that are becoming um, commonplace. I mean, um, the voice UX, absolutely, right? Artificial intelligence is here, no doubt about it. Not only in things like um, in bots and things like that, but Amazon is investing a tremendous amount of money in things like Amazon recognition. So um, 
Now think about in an organization where you have uh, a digital asset management system that is just loaded with tons and tons and tons of imagery. How do you search for a picture of people smiling underneath the Eiffel Tower? Unless your metadata is so complex. But now with these new technologies, if you play around with it, you tweak it a little bit, and you're staying current because this thing is stuff is improving by the hour, you can, with something like Amazon recognition, say, you know, yes, pull for me all pictures, all photographs of the Eiffel Tower with people standing underneath that are smiling. You can do things like that. Natural language search. Etsy, for instance, is doing great work with natural language search. They bought a company called Blackbird Technologies. So now you could say, I want a rug with a certain weave, with a certain color, with a certain design. You don't need to type it all in. You can actually speak it now. And it's a little bit more intelligent. Lots of things taking place that companies can experiment with. Microsoft HoloLens for augmented reality. This and Krupp is the great uh, elevator manufacturer is doing wonderful things with HoloLens where their technicians now are actually wearing a HoloLens looking at the actual elevator, but it's being transmitted back to somebody in a control room somewhere who are the real true elevator experts, and they're writing on a screen, and it's showing up in the headset, right? And it doesn't have to be with a headset, actually. I mean, virtual reality, we all think of the headsets. You know, the Samsung Gear is now, they're almost, you can't buy a phone without buying a virtual reality headset now, right? McCann did a wonderful um, virtual reality experience recently. They won a con award with it, which was called the Field Trip to Mars. A bunch of students actually got on a school bus thinking they were going on a field trip. And after the bus started and started moving, the windows of the school bus actually turned into display screens and displayed pictures of Mars. And they were on a bus traveling through Mars. And there was, a, you know, somebody speaking and leading them through this field trip to Mars. So don't think it always has to have a device like a headset on it. I mean, you're, you can have a heads-up display on a car. There's a good augmented right. reality. So basically the sandbox, it becomes the, the shared platform, if you will, um, to the share platform upon which the CMO and the CIO can experiment, can learn, and then iteratively release uh, new technology platforms to build brands, to build relationships with their customers. And I assume with the sandbox mechanism that companies in the B2B space in particular can actually control costs and plan for those costs Absolutely. and those investments much yeah. more effectively because typically the tension is always the CMO wants a lot more, the CIO is concerned about other things like security and hacking, right? right? So this becomes a shared platform. And you can selectively bring your customer into it as well. So when you have an idea that is achieved a certain amount of maturity, let's say, and you're going to say, well, gosh, I wonder if this is the real solution or not. You can bring your customer in and say, why don't you participate with us? And I think that a lot of these sandboxes actually have those kind of customers or collectives of people participating. Sometimes even customers would invest in it with you. Yeah, that's interesting. So what is um, one last, if you will, closing thought that uh, you would like to communicate to our listeners? I think you have to be comfortable with change. The ABC, always be changing, right? Things are moving quickly. And I think you have to become times comfortable with being uncomfortable. You'll never suffer for doing. You know, you fail fast or fail forward, but you will only suffer for not doing. Yeah, it is so true. I mean, compared to 15 years ago, 
the pace of change, the pace, the speed that is required to implement these new solutions has increased dramatically. But also the risks, right? So the sandbox can be an interesting risk management tool as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank I really you. enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much.